You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Everybody, to this episode 116A of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. Thanks for joining again as I get back from Hamilton in a long week in which us Newfoundland. Mr. Lube Master Selects won the silver. Yes, I would say we won the silver, not lost gold. And remember, for those of you that tuned in last time, I had a big game that day. And then it ended up being a bit of a nail-biter. I think anybody in the rink could probably agree that we played Cal or we played uh, Saskatchewan Mammoth, who were the defending champs. I believe we had more shots. Their goalie, I'm not going to say stood on his head, but definitely made some huge saves that would have made a difference. But the goalie is part of a team. I, I, I hesitate short to say that we way outplayed them and lost. I think we outplayed them, but the goalie is part of the team, so even that definition is not quite accurate. I mean, he, you know, 
if a, if a goal scorer gets five goals or a goalie gets a shutout, what's the difference? The team beat you. So, uh, I mean, I would say we outplayed them, but the goalie's part of the team. So, and uh, he outplayed us. But it, it would have been real close, like 55-45. They brought it. They're good runners. I thought over the course of the game, we had more chances. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Everybody worked hard. You couldn't blame it on anybody. It wasn't any major penalty or there was no suspensions or injuries. You don't want that to happen, right? Um, they scored, and, and we had just fuck, beaten the net down. And uh, someone made a pretty nice pass. Our D missed it, but it was a nice pass. Threaded the needle in, and their player went in, and Mark Yepman, a tournament all-star, made a save. Our goalie and they 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 batted in the rebound and then the second goal was uh, not much we could do on the power play so that's it. Congrats to Saskatchewan Mammoth. It was a great time. Um, myself, Jeremy Bishop, and Mark Yetman. Uh, Jeremy being a forward, Mark being the goalie. We we were voted to the All Star team. So thank you very much for the CBHA officials who decided on that. Whoever that would have been, I don't know how they how they worked that. And Michael Dyke got voted top defenseman of the tournament. So we did have some individual award winners. We made the final. We won a silver, and I thought we played well enough to win. So what are you going to do? And after a real lackluster start, we went one and two. Lost to Calgary, who we ended up beating in the semi. So it was a moral victory there. And just like every year, man, it's great competition, good fun. And uh, just an exhausting week mentally and physically. But physically, like I need, like I'm just coming back now. I'm walking around, but my legs aren't really too sore. We've got two Charlie horses that are getting better. But all the bumps and bruises two and three days out start to start to come back to normal. But it is ball hockey is an ice hockey. I'm not saying there's not major injuries in ice hockey. and you're You're going faster. So, of course, the odd injury is worse. But overall, with the lack of gear... Of course, we don't have much fighting and we don't have much open ice hitting, but there is, there is, you know, you're allowed to quote unquote rub out and uh, not rub one out, rub, rub a guy or a girl out on the wall. Um, not that there's co-ed, but there's a women's division. And um, yeah, so it's very, very physical. Anyway, thanks to everybody involved. It was awesome. And uh, the last day there, my buddy Turan Sandwith, Sandman, as uh, listeners of this program would recognize, he uh, Samman came down for the last night. It was great to see him and a lot of friends. Uh, Ian White, you know, and Ian, some leaps Detroit. Well, NHL World Junior fans will know Ian. Ian had some hard times as of late, but went back this season and played actually in the Federal League, I think for a peace of mind than anything. And he seemed really happy and healthy. And... Uh, I think he's pretty much documented his struggles in the past. And uh, you look, I, I don't want to speak for Ian. I only saw him for, for, you know, a few hours that night. Actually, about half the day he came to the game and then he left at eight or nine that night. And uh seems that he's in a great place. So congrats to you, Ian. Hockey's a brotherhood and none of us like to see another player and especially friend uh, feeling down no matter what you are situation is in in life um you were a good player good teammate and uh, always been a friend to me so it was nice to see you in and i'm glad you're doing well 
So that all being said, my next guest, folks, on this this being Tuesday, I'm recording this. So we're going to have him on on Thursday. Darren Van Dam. I've brought it up before. We're going to take a break here in August because I know, I know that when hockey starts, there will be a multitude of guests to do with the hockey world. I'm really excited. I can't wait to have Brad Lukwich on, two-time Stanley Cup champ. And Brad's coming on soon, as is Jeremy Thompson, my ex-teammate and junior. I'm really looking forward to that. That's just a couple. I mean, Steve Dangle's coming on. Um, we've got R.A. from Chicklets. He's visiting here next week, so we'll probably have him on at some point, like live kind of thing. So there's lots and lots in store. But for this week, it's August. It's laid back. There's not much on the go. There's not much hockey. Of course, the World Juniors happening. I have no idea what's even happening in it. Um, I don't care. Played Finland last night. And no, I really support it. It's, it is hard to follow in August. Um, <clears throat> although I'll be tuning in tonight. Um, so, how was I going with that? Where the hell was I going with that? Okay, Darren Van Dam. So this guy runs a YouTube site and, and I guess other social media platforms called Flick Connection, okay? And he recommends movies and he generally puts one or two out of a week. Maybe, you know, he'll say the 20 best action movies on Netflix right now or the 20 best comedies on Hulu or whatever it might be, he goes down and breaks it down for you as a consumer of movies and, and, and TV. He will give you a rough roadmap of kind of what he likes. And for the re, he gives you a breakdown of it. So I enjoy that. I really enjoy it because a lot of critics, if you're going to sit there and rot, read what Rotten Tomatoes, for example, which is, I mean, it's the holy grail, right, of film criticism, I think. Um, and a lot of times it's right. For sure it is. Uh, and or, or right. What's the, That's all subjective. But a lot of times I agree with it. I do. But sometimes, and I, I'm noting comedy and horror more than anything, genres. It might. Yeah, I, I don't think the movies get the fair shake, but it's all in the way that you take the review. So Rotten Tomatoes isn't just one review, for those that don't know. It takes a gamut of reviews, a, a huge... So whatever critics review it, really. So if a movie like, I don't know, fucking a new Star Wars comes out, right? You're going to get hundreds and hundreds of major critics from all over the world, mostly North America. Um, I guess from all over the world tends to be a little bit Hollywood-centric, but I guess that is the movie world, right? Like, if you were talking about hockey, there'd probably be a lot of people, a lot of critics from Toronto. The the most people are involved in that place. So, you know, when, when it comes to the movies, it is, they're, they're fairly reputable critics, most of them, and it gives an audience score, and it gives a critic review score. But I find it's hard to break down. So, so what it'll do, it'll take your review and say if, you, if, if it deems that that's a negative review, it'll put it in the negative pile, right? And then, so if, if, if something on Rotten Tomatoes gets 75%, it means three out of four critics liked it. Um, and when it comes to something easy, like, I, I don't know, and let's say Slapshot, you're hockey fans, right? You either get that or, or you don't. And I, it, so it's probably a fairly accurate 
um, score on there. I'm guessing 70 or 80, right? Not everybody likes hockey, but if you do and you're into it, even if you don't, it's kind of funny. Paul Newman plays the role. So I, it's got good characters, right? You don't really have to love hockey to appreciate that that's a decent movie. Um, but other ones, I don't know what's coming into my Saw, the Saw franchise. I thought they're all right, right? So like the horror movies. But like by number three, it'll say, like the review might say, hey, man, this is great, but we've seen it before. And it'll put that in a negative review. Or, ah, oh God, you know, lots of sequels are like that. But again, for someone like, say, Penny Lane, say, I, I don't know, we watched Speed um, with the bus, right? And that was a great movie. Say we watched Speed 2, which was junk with the, I think it's in a boat or whatever. I didn't really watch it. But she might watch that and stand alone and not know about the first one and like it. Right. So a lot of times reviews are based on other things or based on the first one or, you know, comparing things that every audience member probably doesn't realize. Um, what's a good example? You know, um, a comedy, say, say The Hangover. That's a good example. I thought, was it two or three? Anyway, one of them was good, one of them wasn't. But one of them I really liked, and it got, like, say, 42%. And that was a big thing. While these guys are doing the same thing, and, you know, what's his name? Bradley uh, Cooper. Bradley Cooper was funny the first time, but this act is getting old. But if you were to watch The Hangover 2, say, on its own, you'd probably find it funny. Um, and, and I, that could be a bad example. But the point because maybe it did suck, but the point is that a lot of these times the criticisms aren't really that scathing and that bad, but they'll put them, they'll lean them that way on Rotten Tomatoes. So the movie that you're watching, I, like some of Bruce Willis's last ones, and, and I know he's done now, and you know, good luck. I hope he stays as healthy as he can. I think he's losing his memory and a few things for some disease that he has. I don't think it's Alzheimer's, but whatever, it's like that. So but his last few, like I watched one red, I think it was, and uh, and Stallone and uh, Schwarzenegger had a couple there. I forget what they were called. The last few, you know what I mean? You know the ones I mean. Here, I got to press pause here. What's that? The Expendables. Those are a great example, right? And they got all the Stone Cold Steve Austin's in there. Uh, Jason Statham's in there. Uh, Mickey Rourke, forgot that. I'm just reading now. And I think one of them, dude, Yvonne Drago's in it. Uh, one of the sequels, maybe. But there's an example. Or like The Last Rambo or something. Like I, I might still enjoy watching those. But the critics that are watching them are probably comparing them to some great action movies that they've had in the past. I don't know. When it comes to Bruce Willis, Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance. When it comes to Stallone, you know, First Blood. You know, and it's... I don't know, fucking commando for Schwarzenegger, Predator. You know, these are classics that kind of helped shape the genre back in the day. So, of course, The Expendables isn't going to be that. But it's still pretty good. Right? You'll see all these guys that are kind of past their prime. But I find it really entertaining. But then when you, when you, when you look at the reviews based on that, you know, and it, some of them aren't even bad, but they're classified as bad. Like well, an example of a review might be, you know, these guys are back again. Nothing new here. And they're over the hill, but it is kind of good. It's an okay movie, right? 
It's entertaining. But that'll be considered bad. And then when you look at the Rotten Tomatoes overall score, it might take a little bit of a hit. Anyway. So they're not always completely accurate. And then sometimes I find the foreign language stuff, of which I'm really into now through Darren, gets a bad rap. And I'm not sure why. I don't think everybody's maybe paying attention because a lot of the times Darren might recommend a movie or R.A. the other day fucking recommended a great movie, Buka, Buka Rao, I think it was called, B-U-C-U-R-A-U. Um, I watched The Raid Redemption. My buddy Tom Dunn recommended stunt guy here from town. I, I watched The Raid Redemption just last week and loved it. Um, but it's pretty much action the whole time. So if you're not into that, you probably wouldn't love it. So I've since learned to realize to give some of these movies, some of these people that are recommending them or, or evaluating them, cut them a bit of slack. Um, now, it, I still say if a movie gets like 5% on there, it sucks. I haven't seen anything real, real low come out. Oh, that was a great movie and it got 7%. Wow, who would have thunk it? But generally, there are a lot in the like the 40, 50, 60% range that I think are pretty good. And Darren's taste matches my own a lot of the time. There's probably a 90% parallel there. So I've come over the years to really rec or, or really enjoy his recommendations. I never thought to send him a message or anything until I'd done Shorzy. And I knew that he had, I, it ended up being about a month ago, he did a video about which platforms, to, to, you know, which are, the, there's so many platforms out there. He said, here are 10 to pay attention to. And in there was Hulu and he, rep, and you know, he mildly reviewed Shorzy and stuff and Darren liked Shorzy, but even if he didn't, I would, I would uh, be a fan of his. But anyway, I sent him a message back in probably January or February. I said, you know, I'm in this show coming out. And uh, I never felt relevant enough to send you a message anymore or, or before. But right now, you know, I'm, I'm actually in something that you're going to review. And I have a podcast. So, you know, I just said, hey, maybe I, I'd love to have you on sometime, basically. And he's from Atlanta, Georgia. I didn't know if he knew much about hockey. And he didn't. But he liked Slapshot and he liked Shorzy. And, uh, you know, he'd heard of some minor pro teams. We got talking over social media so anyway he's going to come on and beyond his favorite movies what intrigues me is how he i want to know how movie critics do it how they because i'm guessing you got to watch multiple movies per day now there are a few days during the year snowstorm maybe uh power goes out huge hangover that i'll watch multiple movies Right. And I watch a lot. Every week goes by, I probably watch two or three. Gotta have, I'm real busy, but at night I need that couple hours, whether it's PlayStation. I just got Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy for that, by the way. Loving it. My PS4. Uh, I had another game called God of War. I'm late to the party. It's decent too, but I like Guardians of the Galaxy more. Um, Couple movies, couple shows. Right now, I'm finishing uh, Better Call Saul and um, Peaky Blinders. Actually, I finished Peaky Blinders the other day on the trip. Anyway, so I always got a few things going on like that. 
But I'm intrigued by these movie critics that sit down and watch two and three. And Darren's in good shape. So I really, really, one of the questions is like, how do you keep in shape and have to watch these movies? Because let's just say some days three. I'm guessing some days he's got to watch four. So you're sedentary. Or you're basically motionless for fucking eight to ten hours that day. Are, are you not? Am I, I guess you could watch them riding the bike at the gym. I, I, I guess you got to be creative. But having to watch so many movies means you've got to be inactive basically for a long time um your diet you probably again he looks like he eats pretty well but you know it must suffer a bit no college football is back it's time to enjoy the tradition the fun and the great offers from DraftKings sportsbook to celebrate the best time of year Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on college football, and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. One per new customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager, $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. Anyway, and not only that, if you're a movie critic, there are, must be certain movies that are pressing to watch being it's a race against the clock okay top gun for example but i'm i'm watching top gun now tonight my movie is top i was i I was driving to the theater the other day to watch top gun maverick and i thought what am i doing because i have crave obviously bell media with shorzy so i'm going to i'll watch i'll watch top gun first that's what i mean there's so if i'm a movie critic and one of those comes up or a marvel movie comes up like thor like the new thor well, I probably should have watched the first two Thors, no? That's the way I would think about it. And I probably need to watch them fresh. So every movie that's a sequel or even related to any other movie, loosely, like Django Unchained or Kill Bill by Quentin Tarantino, which borrows a lot from, say, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Fistful of Dollars, for a few dollars more, which I talked about a few weeks ago. Well, you would probably have to watch those, no? Like, for me, could I really rate? I know the answer for me would be no, but I don't think that I could give a new Quentin Tarantino movie the full evaluation it deserves if I didn't see at least some of the things that directly influenced it. Now, with Quentin Tarantino, he's got a crazy mind on him, right? He's probably influenced by all kinds of shit from Citizen Kane in 1940 to the Godfathers to definitely to Spaghetti Westerns, which I alluded to. 
um, Shaft, black exploitation in the 70s definitely influenced Tarantino. Check out Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, any of those. Jackie Brown in particular. Um, right? So how can I watch Jackie Brown and give it a full evaluation of what I think, a full criticism, if I didn't see fucking Shaft or fuck, what's the lady in Jackie Brown? God, it's a famous actress. Um, but how could I evaluate it without watching her other movies? What is that now? She was a rocket in the 70s. He brought her back as he does. Pam Greer. Well, she's a rocket anyway, but you know what I mean. So You know what I mean? So uh, that that's really what I'd like to know because if I would think that the best film critics, you know, growing up, I don't know, Siskel and Ebert, they have a decent knowledge of the film world. So I trust their opinions. Even if I don't agree with them, the reasons might, you know, like there are movies that have some scathing criticisms that I kind of agree with. Um, I don't know. One of my favorite inspirational movies is Rudy. One of my friends who I was watching Rudy with recently. I mean, it's not like I watch it every day, but it came on. We're on a road trip and um, said, you know, I, I don't like Rudy as much as say what was another inspiring. I think he said Friday Night Lights or Remember the Titans, whatever it was, because he said the characters aren't really developed that well. You know, it's all about Rudy. And I'd never really seen that before or even thought about it. But I was like, yeah, you know, his dad can be ignorant at times. His family kind of gives him shit. I would have liked to see more from the preacher. Yeah, I, I, I can see your criticism. I love the movie. But there's a lot goes into it. I was living on my own. I was living. I was looking for maybe a, a, a kind of a role model for myself. I was a 16-year-old playing in Tri-Cities. And I loved Rudy's approach. I think... Given the sports, I was more talented at hockey than Rudy was at football. But his approach and his attitude, I think, could be welcomed into any sport, into any situation. And that's really what I saw. All I saw was his eyes on the prize, just like mine were. And I saw his determination and focus, and that's what I loved. But some people would say, well, it's over the top. You know, and that's not exactly the way it happened. Or... You know, the, the other again, the other characters, I would have loved to see them developed a little bit more. I mean, we knew Rudy was going to work. We knew a lot about Rudy. The scenes go on for one scene goes on, he said, for 12 minutes. And you could have cut that in two and learned about the girl that he was chasing after. Or you could have learned why his dad was such a bigot or what. Why did nobody in his family go to school? And then he encouraged them all to. Right. But I didn't really care to see that. But my judgment was cloudy. Because I was seeing what I wanted to see. Now, who's right? Who's wrong? Nobody. It's a fucking film. You're not, you're not, you know, conducting brain surgery. It's a fucking movie. It's just supposed to, you know, what, what, what is entertainment? I don't know how you would define it, but you want to take your mind off a situation. You want to, there's all kinds of different reasons. For me, it's definitely relaxing and put myself into another world, taking myself out of my own life. And not only for escape, but for empathy and for sympathetic reasons. Um, when I saw, uh, I don't know, Shawshank Redemption, I, or sorry, 
Well, there. I don't know what it's like to be in jail, but it's. I, I so I can't really say I empathize, but definitely with his situation, um, I can sympathize. You know, a, a crime of passion, as bad as it is, there is reason, and you got to spend that time in jail and everything that goes with it, and trying to break out and be. You know, I don't want to give the movie away, but I can see that. Uh, a movie like, what was what the one of, I think, it, Schindler's List is what I meant. You know, I don't know what it was like to be in the fucking war. So it's hard to have a, a, a parallel, like, empathy, a feeling that you can relate to. But you can relate to bad feelings, and you can relate to scary thoughts and fear, you know. And you can see human compassion and human hatred and you know the best movies in my mind bring those things out now am i am i necessarily watching schindler's list to relax probably not but it's a competition of escaping for, or, or or a combination sorry of escaping from my own world and being informed a lot of my historical knowledge and judgments and stances come from movies and they're not all documentaries. It's not all books. Sometimes I guess you'd be misinformed, right? But generally, that's what getting older is. It's gathering knowledge and using that knowledge as best you can to deal with the situation around you, your life. So I can think of lots of movies, man, that aren't even true stories that gave me knowledge. Um, top of my fucking head. What did I talk about last week? I like fistful of dollars. You know, Clint fucking strutting into town on the horse. You know, uh, dealing with two. There's the uh, the Rojas. Who is it? The fucking can't remember. The Rojas are one family. Say the Montoyos are the other. I can't remember. But it's two families in the the first one, Fistful of Dollars, that are at odds, right? They're pretty much warring. And he comes into town, thinks of a plan. How can I take advantage of this, you know? And then the, you learn a little bit about the war that's going on at the time. It's the Rojos, yeah, and, and the Baxters, that's it. And... I believe it takes place, I mean, I mean, I don't know when it's actually set, but it takes place in the South. I mean, it's filmed in Italy, right? They went over there for monetary reasons, a lot cheaper. I think Eastwood only got 15 or 20 grand for his role. But they went over there to depict Southern United States. So I don't know the exact year, but back when New Mexico, Arizona, it was all territory and... I'm not well-schooled in the Mexican versus United States military back then. Um, but as we all know, I mean, the story of the Alamo, uh, Davy Crockett, we, we know that there was a tension. So anyway, but it doesn't really follow that uh, territorial battle between the states and Mexico the violence that came from, but, but there is, there is subplots that have that kind of featured in there. So 
you learn little bits about not only how to make movies or the movies or who Clint Eastwood was. Uh, you learn a little bit about that uh, military influence at the time. You learn about Mexico. You learn about the United States. There are all kinds of things. And you learn how to be a bit of a fucking shyster because he has a great fucking plan. They're, they're fistful of dollars for a few dollars more in good, the bad, and the ugly. Clint isn't necessarily a great guy. Of the people involved, he's probably the best guy, but they're all fucking shady, right? And Clint is far from impeccable. He's one of the first, uh, what would you call him? Like anti-hero, right? He's, you're rooting for him, but this guy's a bit of a motherfucker too, right? He definitely steals, thieves, fucking kills, and by I don't know but one scene, but he rapes. Um, or close to it. He's not the guy that you would normally cheer for. Certainly not before that, and certainly not like John Wayne or Clark Gable or Humphrey Bogart and these big, all-you-can-fun-loving, positive, or at least fun-loving might be the wrong word, but positive leaders, you know? Clint is very flawed. He's a flawed individual but comes into town and puts on a bit of a show. So you learn a lot. That's a fucking work of fiction. But you learn a lot by watching. And I definitely learned a lot about Quentin Tarantino watching those old flicks. And I had, I got to be honest, I had no interest whatsoever in like those 70, when I say black exploitation films, they exploited black culture. There's a thing I did in school. I'm not really, please don't send any fucking emails. Please, this is a thing, right? I'm not trying to be politically correct or incorrect. It's a thing. And uh, Shaft was probably the biggest of those kind of movies, maybe because a remake was done like 10 years ago, but regardless. Um, Cleopatra Jones, that was one. And was that Pam Greer? I'm not sure. Coffee was. There's a movie Coffee. Pam Greer, black girl with a gun. And when you when you start hearing Quentin Tarantino, not so much on like the late night Colbert kind of stage because, you know, they got five minutes to talk and they're probably going to promote the movie. But see him on a long podcast. I don't know, man. He was on Conan O'Brien. He was on Joe Rogan. He was on Bill Maher. Listen from all sides of the fence, too. Rogan's considered Republican, but really... Other than like, those things come out in the news, but they're generally good conversations. Bill Maher is considered Democrat. Really, it's really not. He's got a thing, Club Random. It's, you know, he kind of leans left, but pretty much center. And I think the same with Rogan. He leans right. But fuck, they're, they're my kind of people because I'm in the middle and I can listen to them and have a regular conversation without having to worry about the election being stolen or fucking transgender adverbs or, or whatever I got to fucking come up with um, or, or whatever story gives me anxiety when I listen to some programs. Some are right down the fucking middle. And um, another one, Smartless, they don't talk about politics much. Although I believe Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes would probably be, be leaning left. I think they would be liberal Democrats as most of Hollywood, but they don't come out and fucking say it. They just interview somebody and it's pretty much about the art or about the interview, about the experience. So those are the kind of podcasts I listen to. 
And when you when you do, when you hear the long drawn out interview, you will often go way it goes way deeper than it ever would on a night late night talk show or a five minute interview at the Oscars. And I'm a huge into um Quentin Tarantino. So it's all out there for you if you want to absorb it. I don't know where that started again. Fuck, I never do. But what well, started with Darren Van Dam, but why did I go off in that direction? I'm not sure. But Darren is coming on on Thursday. I'm real excited. If you've got a question, please, please don't email them um, to where I'm dealing with the books. And if, if you've got a question, okay, I really appreciate them, actually. So I encourage the questions. Um, I think I talked about it a little last time. I'm not sure, guys. I can't deal with the messages anymore. So if I make a post, like I said, I think last time someone, I went to the Motley Crue concert, right? I'll put it up. So after the Motley Crue concert, I'll come home or say in Def Leppard concert, they played together and I'll go back to the hotel. And when I open my phone, there's probably a hundred new messages, right? Because I put up a post and most will say, Peter Patter, give your balls a tug, great show, whatever. And so I appreciate those, but if you can wait, because it's just, it's wasting my time and I can't get to all the messages. But I, I really want to hear from you. You're great people, great fans, great listeners. I wouldn't be where I am without you. But can you maybe gather those? Maybe maybe you could wait for the end of two weeks and everything you were going to send, then send it. Right? Like, I appreciate congrats in Hamilton. I really do. But when I get home now, given the recent surge in followers and everything, I'll probably have 400 people saying that. So it's tough. And then, but one of them might say, hey, congrats. I was at the tournament and I'm your cousin. And I had a jersey for you to sign. I couldn't see you. Right. And I'll go, oh, fuck, I would have, but I got 500 messages saying Molly Crew's best song is Shout at the Devil. You know what I mean? So even that could be a question. Someone sent me that. Someone's like, I was reading through my messages that night and it said, say that that's exactly what it said. It said, Motley Crew, colon. Their best song, Shout at the Devil. Now, what can I really do with that? Either I get back to you and say, hey, man, I like Kickstart My Heart, or I like Dr. Feelgood. And then they'll get back to me. And so I, I don't have time for that conversation. On here, I do. I can talk about it. But if I literally get back to everybody that says like my their opinion on what song that is their favorite, or if it's just a statement, I can't really do much with it. But if it's... A question for this show, I promise you, if I get to it, I promise you, I will read it out on air. Um, it's just really, really hard to sift through them. Um, even if you fucking hate me and you get a hate message, those happen. But but gather it up. Like, give me, give me all your goods. Give me all your ammo at the end of the two weeks. Rather than, like, every post I make, you're an idiot. You're for, you know, I get those, right? Uh, you, you're, you're a fool uh, on Shorzy. We hate your fucking character. You know, and I don't want to block you. I don't give a fuck. If you do, fine, fair. Lots of things I hate. I think it's weird to track me down and to send me the message that you do. I mean, what show do I not like? I don't like community that much. Everybody talks about it. Like it's this great show. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't love it, but I'm not going to send Chevy Chase a message why I don't love it. I, I would assume it's just going to, you know, we, I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't look at it and nor would he give a fuck. And so that's it. I, I really don't give a fuck. If you hate it, you're not getting to me at all. It's water off a duck's back. I've heard the worst 
Again, I was a first round pick, eighth overall. I fucked up and came back to to face a province that adored me, that gave me everything, the key to the city, and then hated me because of that. And everything I heard from going to the fucking get milk at the corner store. What the fuck were you doing, Terry? Go out for a beer, you fucking bum. Not everybody, of course, but some people in the loud, the, the negative are loud, more loud than everybody, everybody else. So I'm used to it. It's all right. If you didn't like the show, fair. I don't give a fuck. Most did. It got like 95%. Critics are enjoying it. That part of my worry is over. I have total confidence that if we keep going, Jared Kichiso will write something good because he already has and people like it. I was a little bit nervous. But right now, honestly, Joe from fucking Toronto, I don't give a fuck. So you're not, all you're doing is fucking up my day. And I, I, I guess... I guess that's kind of what you want to do. But for everybody else, I want to get to you, man. I love it. Um, but say, you know, I get these. I get 50 of these every few days, uh, which I guess means 15 or 20 a day. Um, you know, hey, man, tell us there's going to be a season two. Or um, I'm I'm a hockey player and I'd love to be cast in the show. Guys, I have nothing to do with that. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. If I called casting and said, hey, man, I got this guy that, uh, you know, he sent me a message, wants to play hockey. First of all, they'd say, you're fucking nuts. You're an actor. Do your job. Not a cast guy. Um, not a casting agent. What, what, what do you call it? Just casting. You're not a casting director. Um, and B, they'd say, if you were going to recommend someone, why not? one of your buddies that you played with. You know what I mean? Like, so I get it. If you're a hockey player from Flin Flon and you love the game and you fucking happy and you, you think you're the funniest person on, in your league, that's great. And I really love that attitude and that spunk. Keep listening to this show. I, I love to harness that energy, but I can't do anything ever, 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 ever with getting you onto Shorzy or anywhere near set. I'm not going to worry about it. I've burned bridges before with Jason Momoa, with other people, by trying to do what other people want me to do. Other people. Sending me a message. Terry, I need to see Ron McClain about this. I got someone's dying. Someone's got cancer. Someone's fair. And all those words always get me. Or I got a little girl that got this. Or my dad got Alzheimer's. Or, and I like, oh, fuck, man. I feel bad. And then I do what these people ask me. I send a message to Momoa or to Ron McClain or whoever it might be. And eventually it gets old. And sometimes I can see it. And I'm like, fuck, man, guy like Ron, uh, over the years, I've sent him all these things from all these people that need this, need this on Hockey Night in Canada. And I've never asked him for anything myself, ever. And just between me and him and say, or me and Jason, I can tell you there's others, but because I always try to do what I can, but I don't ask for myself for anything. And I can tell it gets a bit tenacious. So please stop emailing me those, Okay. I love y'all as fans, as listeners, and as hockey fans, and as citizens of the planet that, that want to listen to my podcast. Do you know how much of a privilege that is for me to sit here and spiel what I've been doing for the last 45 minutes, even today? Talking about fuck all? It's great. But A, I can't get you on Hockey Night Canada. Okay? B, I could used to be able to do something with Montreal, but I can't do that anymore. I got friends and family. I get four tickets a year. 
Anything outside of that, I need to go and talk to them if someone wants to get in the building and I've burned my bridges because of people that asked me. Um, I, uh, what was I going to say? Um, so those things, even nice messages, guys, I love you. And I promise I'll try to get back to each and every one of you, which I do, which I really try to do. But that task now is becoming about four or five hours a day. Uh, and it, I don't mind an hour or two, whatever, man, going through it. But a lot of the messages I just open and close. And I know you're never going to, you know, it's just numbing. Um, and those are only, like I said, the negative ones or the ones with like, hey, Terry, the Leafs need to change their breakout. I, I just don't have time to even entertain that. You know what I mean? Like, I basically don't talk to my friends anymore on social media. I, I And basically is the rub. No, I don't. Right? Because I don't really see their messages even. I just try to keep up with your guys. And like I said, the vast majority are, are great. Just some of them. Negative shit. Keep it up. I don't give a fuck. I'm asking you a favor from person to person. I don't know. And by the way, you hate me so much. I don't know why you listen to these shows. People send me the mess these messages and say, oh, fuck, I... Not a lot, mind you. Please don't let me paint the wrong picture. It's one out of every 20 maximum. But I don't know if it must be attention because they'll quote my podcast. I'm like, why are you listening? You know, why did you put in 50 minutes on this particular day to listen to me, to me ramble about nothing? If you think I'm a washed up piece of shit. I suppose it could still be entertaining. I think you're wasting both of our time. Um, but anyway, look, I always feel bad saying that. I, I just need some help from you guys at this point because every time I look down, there's hundreds of messages and most I could kind of do without. Um, if, if, if they're messages that are positive or they're congratulatory or you know what I mean, man, if they're uplifting or they're fan stuff, like I love it. Thank you. Just maybe... And some people do do this. They, you know, gather their thoughts over the course of two weeks, and then then they'll send a message, right? As, and they might go, hey, great job at Nationals, for example. I watch, I'm from Newfoundland. I watch you guys play. Uh, it was great to watch. Hopefully, Shorzy comes back. Really like that show. How's your podcast doing? Do you need any guests? Here's a question. Good luck. Love the guests. How can I get a book? What? Boom. That's That's five thoughts. Now I can respond to that. Well, here's where we go, right? Um, books are available at TerryRyan2020 at gmail.com. Tell you about Shorzy. Tell you all about Hamilton. But, because I find that a respectable, normal message that I can gather my thoughts and get back to you. But if you had no different, if you had said comment on the Nationals and then Shorzy and then the podcast and then the book all separately and like, real separately you know like two or three on each just one little comment on each it takes way longer to get back to you and i probably won't i'll probably just go like or give you a symbol for cheers and if i if i if i send that back to you like just a like or or you know the glasses clinging together basically means man i, I pick up what you're laying down but i do not have time for this conversation um i hate talking about this i feel pompous man like a big asshole, but there is ways. I got to try to navigate around this. I'm trying to do it. 
A lot of their places don't. I'm trying to answer all you guys. So please don't confuse my organization skills and my frustration for annoyance or anything. That's not the case. I'm just trying to manage it all, okay? I'm not good at that. And uh, I want to be able to share this experience with everybody. And that's basically that. Um, what else do we got? I think that might be it, folks. I think Darren Van Dam. Don't know what I talked about again. Didn't go according to plan. But what you do know is that Darren Van Dam of Flick Connection is going to be on this show in just a couple days. So if you've got anything for him, toss me a note. Um, if not, I'll try to answer the obvious questions that go with asking a movie critic and a movie lover and uh, go from there. Other than that, check out the Rob Roy Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Green Sleeves, the Bull and Barrel. Those are my favorite places to go. Once in a while, I go over into Kelly's as well. Why not? And uh, we'll be, I believe, at Kelly's this next week with Alex, Alex Newhook's Stanley Cup Party. Alex, if you're listening, thanks very much for the invite. I'm very humbled. And uh, I know there's only so many people that can get in the barn. My father and I. Although big hockey fans and big fans of yours and friends of yours, you know, I know that it's limited space and I know we're not best buddies, but uh, we got a lot in common. And from one first rounder to another, my friend, congrats and thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. R.A. from Chicklets will also be over here. Uh, he's getting in in exactly one week, so stay tuned for that. Wedgwood Cafe, check it out. If I'm going to get a bite to eat in town, I love to go to Wedgwood Cafe. I love to go to Merchant Tavern. I love to go to Blue on Water. So check those places out. Thank you very much for tuning in to 116A. And I promise 116B will be not only different, but it'll be pretty cool. With Darren Van Dam. Thanks, everybody. Talk again soon. See you in a couple days. Catch you on the rebound.